I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Caffeinated Artist Podcast. I'm Sabrina Canoon, and on this podcast, we talk about everything art and creativity, our caffeine addictions, and just trying to make it in this world as a 20-something and a creative because, let's be honest, life is hard sometimes, and we all need a little extra push or somebody to understand us. And I'm hoping that if you've stuck around thus far, that's what you find this to be. And if you're new, welcome. I hope you like it here as much as I like talking to you. So without further ado, grab your coffee, your tea, whatever you want to eat, and we will get started in three, two, one. Hi guys. Again, it feels like it's been a minute since I've talked to you, but in reality, it's only been a couple days because we did a little podcast palooza this weekend. But... Yeah, it feels like it's been a lifetime and I don't know what's happening anymore and I'm just really tired and I know that you guys hear me say that every week, but it's true. I'm very, very, very tired. And for those of you who do not know, I am a senior at Arizona State University. I am double majoring in English literature, journalism, and I am minoring in film and I love it all. And it's super exciting and it's super fast paced and it keeps me on my toes. But I'm just really, really tired because I'm taking 21 credit hours and I'm also juggling writing for a student publication and an internship right now. And it's just taking a toll on my mental health. But, you know, I figured it would be a good day to post something and get it out there for you guys because... As it so happens, it is National Podcast Day, according to Spotify and according to people telling me this all day, and I had no idea. So, we're getting this out a little bit late in the day, but hey, happy National Podcast Day, you guys. I thought for this episode, since so many of you have so kindly bared with me on my journey in discovering better audio quality that I would sort of re-release the first episode for you, except not really, because I don't know if I'm deleting it. But also, I am going to cover the same bases, like why I got creative, why I love Harry Potter so much. We're going to talk a lot about Harry Potter, because I'm very, very deep into the Harry Potter side of TikTok right now, and I'm re-watching all the movies, and I'm just in love. So we're going to go on a lot of tangents on that today. It'll probably be longer than the first episode, but I feel like it's needed because you guys just deserve me ranting about something I love with a lot better quality. So yeah, that is what we are going to do here today. (laughs) So again, for those of you who have not been here, 
Harry Potter is basically the whole reason I decided to become a writer. While I do not stand for J.K. Rowling's current opinions or actions that she is putting out into the social media world and all of that, I do have immense gratitude towards her and I really do look up to her in the sense of her creative style and what she did for me. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys, I loved to read before. I could not fall asleep without reading. It was something that I did with my, my dad every night when I was a kid for years. He would read to me. He taught me how to read. I loved it for a long time before I read Harry Potter. And I didn't read Harry Potter until I was in maybe the fourth grade because I had had a friend who really liked them. And when I was little... It was really only the Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets that were super popular, I guess. I mean, the other movies were out, but I watched a lot of Disney Channel, and they usually played Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets on there, so those were the ones I knew to watch. And when I was little, those used to really freak me out, so I didn't end up reading the books until the fourth grade, and I originally read them out of order. I read Goblet of Fire first, because I had seen the other movies too, and I thought Hermione had looked so pretty in her Yule Ball dress, and that was just the one I wanted to start with because I was just so excited about that scene. Of course, when I was done reading them out of order, I went back and read them entirely in order. And I think at this point in my life, I've read Harry Potter maybe 11 or 12 times. I don't even know what number we're at at this point, but I think it's been 11 or 12 times because I do read them every summer as kind of a comfort thing, especially this summer with COVID and everything. I was kind of, I was at home with my parents and I didn't really have the best time in high school. High school was not an easy time for me. I think we talked about that a little bit in our previous episode, but I did not like high school. So Harry Potter was always my sanctuary to come back to. And just being at home with my family for so long, while I do love my family very much, it's very hard for anyone who lives on their own to suddenly go back and be in the same house as your parents for five months. It's, it's difficult. So I felt myself reverting to the same mindset as I had in high school. And mind you, it's been four years. I don't like that mindset anymore. I don't prescribe to it. And I, as comfort, went to Harry Potter and... I felt a lot better when it was over. Yeah, I did it towards the end of the summer to kind of refresh me and because I was taking summer classes as well. So once my summer classes finished, I read the books in the span of the week before I came back to Arizona and I just felt refreshed and ready to start this year off. So yeah, it was my 12th time and it, it really never gets old. I feel just as giddy opening that first book. I actually have the first um, few lines memorized of the Sorcerer's Stone and I'm not going to recite them for you because people think I'm weird. I'm probably weird but if you're listening to this podcast and also are very obsessed with Harry Potter I know you don't think I'm weird and whoever you may be I appreciate you. So yeah, and I retook the Pottermore sorting test just because I always kind of want to be sure of what my house is and I've reaffirmed for what is probably not the fifth time that I'm a Hufflepuff and 
I just love going on Pottermore and I love showing other people the quiz. So I was showing a few friends that when I got back and so that inspired me to take it again. And truly, every time I read Harry Potter, I told you guys, I feel so much better. And because I had such a hard time when I was younger, Harry Potter was always the thing that kept me anchored to the ground. I think without it, I would be a very different person. I haven't talked about this yet on the podcast, but I do want to kind of share this with you guys because I've mentioned high school is tough for me. High school is tough for everybody, but I kind of had my own kind of unique set of problems to deal with. I know obviously there are other people that do deal with this, but... I, you know, it's just, it's very personal to me and I've really never met anyone that can share in the experience. So I'm going to share it with you anyway. I was born with a condition called spastic diplegia, which falls on the spectrum of cerebral palsy. And I have 99% of the same functions that a normal person does. The, well, I shouldn't say normal person. Everyone is normal. Even if you do have cerebral palsy, that's a bad way to put it but what the typical stereotype of normal is considered those are the functions that I have I the only difference is that I kind of waddle when I walk and it's a little um I'm a little slower but other than that I don't notice a specific difference obviously it's visible if you were to see me walk people would know that I had some sort of disability, but it really doesn't affect me in the day-to-day all that much. But obviously, when you're in high school, people don't see you that way. Not that I was treated too poorly. Nobody bullied me for my disability, which I'm very fortunate of. I don't know what people were saying behind my back, and honestly, that's probably where most of my insecurity comes from on the subject. But As far as I knew, nobody really said much. When I was in high school, at least, middle school is an entirely different story that we are not going to get into. But as far as high school goes, nobody really bullied me over it. But I always could tell that people viewed me differently. Even the friends that I did have would kind of constantly leave me out of things or push me off to the side or I'd walk down the halls and I could feel people looking at me or... Just when people would would speak to me, they would treat me a little differently, like I didn't know what I was talking about, and that kind of always really pissed me off, so I was a really quiet person when I was in high school. I didn't really know how to interact with people. I still don't really know how to interact with people. Having conversations is kind of difficult. I don't know if that's a me thing or a result of all that, but... I don't know, talking to people is hard, especially when you've grown up an introvert, but I guess in a way that kind of helped me write a lot more, and I, because I wasn't talking to a lot of people, was more so observing what was going on around me, or I would feel a lot of feelings. Obviously, I wanted to have the typical high school experience, which isn't something that I was going to get. I mean... As much as I would like to think things could have been different and blamed it on the friends I had or whatever it may have been, I probably would never have gotten that same high school experience because in high school, 
Not a lot of people want to be friends with the weird girl. And even if I wasn't technically the weird girl, because of my disability, I was the weird girl. That being said, though, if anybody knew how big of a Harry Potter nerd I was, I would have still been the weird girl, so there would have been no winning for me. But because of that, I spent a lot more time in my own feelings, which made me write a lot more. And I would always, I had a creative writing professor, not a professor, a teacher my senior year say that I always wrote such dark stories with characters who were really angry all the time. And it's because I was so angry and kind of, at the time, the only thing that really got me through those high school days was the fact that I was going to graduate and I was going to get the hell away from everyone I knew and that's all I wanted and in those times when I felt particularly alone again I would go back to Harry Potter and I think more than anyone despite being a Hufflepuff I identified with Luna the most just because people didn't want to be around her in the books Hermione called her Looney Lovegood on first reference everyone calls her Looney Lovegood but she's really this vibrant character who's just amazing. And I don't know, I felt so drawn to that story and the way that they interacted with each other and the way that they loved each other, the friendships that were present in that story, the sense of camaraderie, it really spoke to me. And I don't want to go be as dramatic as to say Harry Potter has completely helped me hold my life together but it has because had I not had those books to fall back on in high school I probably would have been a lot more depressed than I was and it's just I think the most beautiful thing about Harry Potter for me is that JK Rowling always would say that no matter how you come back, whether it's by page or by the big screen, I'm quoting her right out of an interview here I've with, that I've seen a thousand times, so, oh well. She said, whether, it, whether you come back one way or the other, Hogwarts will always be there to welcome you home, and the fact is that Hogwarts is my home, and that may sound really silly, but it is, and for those of you who are on Harry Potter TikTok like I am, uh, I know that there have been so many different sounds to go along with those TikToks, and there's one where, um, I don't know what song it is, but it goes from Hogwarts into, is my home into a slow song. If somebody knows the name of that song, please tell me. But it's just always those TikToks that are, like, commemorating the books that, I tear up watching those TikToks, and I don't ever let anybody see me, because I feel ridiculous, but, uh, no, I tear up because it reminds me that I'm not by myself in that feeling. There are so many other people, regardless of age, that rely on those books for emotional support. Even, what is it now, Twenty, almost 25 years since the first book came out. And I think that's remarkable. There are very few stories that can have that kind of shelf life. And I mean, you see it all the time in your literature classes or whatever if you're in high school or if you're an English major like me you've read a lot of the classics that people say live on forever 
and they, while those do, those usually aren't considered young adult books. And so it's not really normal for a young adult novel or a children's novel to have that kind of impact, I would say. And this has just impacted millions and millions of people and it's the most beautiful thing in the world to me. And there are so many other people just like me who say that Harry Potter essentially saved them from being a completely different person and that's why I am who I am today because I wanted to do what JK Rowling did for me. I remember being 13 and thinking because writing was my hobby I never had really thought about doing it as a career until then and I started writing fan fiction and people just felt comforted by it and I thought this is a feeling that I want to have every day for the rest of my life is creating something that in some way can make at least one person happy because even outside of just Harry Potter I have several series that make me happy and books and literature and just art in general has a way of healing people that no amount of therapy or anything I think can ever do like talking about your emotions and trying to manage them can only go so far you have to have things that bring you comfort and for a lot of us that's books and music and movies and art <laughs> so it's I can't even begin to express I think it's really difficult for me to even put to words how much this series means to me I actually have a quote above my desk if that gives you any idea that says words are our most inexhaustible source of magic and that is something by JK Rowling and I quite literally would plaster my whole room with Harry Potter merch if <laughs> If I could, I'm, I'm not going to say my mother wouldn't let me do that, but Loki, you know, she would probably be like, Sabrina, you're a 21-year-old woman. Please don't completely decorate your room as Harry Potter themed. And she's right. I probably shouldn't just for the sake of maturity. But, you know, if I, if I could, I would do it. I, I can't even begin to express it, you guys. It's... I feel like I had a whole emotional speech prepared and I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, I don't even know. It just, it saved me. And I just want to give that gift to others when possible. But, you know, on another note, for those of you on Draco TikTok, can we just talk about... The deleted scene that I didn't even know existed, and I don't know how I didn't know that this existed outside of the book, but the deleted scene during the Battle of Hogwarts where Draco goes over to the dark side and then when Harry reveals that he's still alive, runs back across and throws Harry his wand. Can we just talk about the redemption arc that never was? Like, I'm sorry, I know that I was just very emotional and this is kind of a shit show now because I'm going to go off on this topic, but freaking Snape got a redemption arc? Severus Snape, who abused Harry for seven years of his life. Yes, 
He was helping. He wanted to help because he was Lily's son and he promised Dumbledore he would and blah, 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 blah. But no, he also abused him just because he looked like his school bully. That's not correct, no matter how much he loved his mother. Why does Snape get the redemption arc and why does Harry name his son after him? Like, I'm gonna get there in one second, but I have a whole list of names that are better for Albus Severus Potter than his actual name. Because I think it's just a fucking insult to name your child after two people who manipulated you. Like, the names of Harry's first two children worked out pretty well. Well, not the first two, the oldest and the youngest. First, we have James Sirius Potter, which absolutely wonderful. I commend it. Your dad and your godfather, who both have big roles in your life, will both having sacrificed themselves for you, of course. And then his daughter is Lily Luna Potter, who obviously that's his mom. And then Luna is his and Ginny's friend, so perfect. Wonderful. But Albus Severus Potter? How how dare you? What about Remus? What about Fred? What about Hagrid? Rubius could have been a contender for a middle name. What the hell? I don't know why J.K. Rowling thought it was a good idea to have this boy named Albus Severus Potter. I do not understand. But I digress. I know I said I would get that, get into that in a minute, but I just needed to get it out as soon as possible. Anyways, that being said, Snape is a manipulative piece of garbage and does not deserve Harry's forgiveness, does not deserve any praise. He called Lily Potter a mudblood during their school years and he quite honestly, had no right to be pissed off when she picked James Potter over him because he was the lesser of two evils. Snape was already running around with the dark crowd and Lily didn't want any part of it and she asked him to stop and he didn't. So, I, I just don't see the point in giving Snape a redemption arc. He is undeserving of one. Whereas Draco Malfoy, if you think about it, yeah, he's kind of a jerk. But he's also only a jerk because of the way he was brought up. And I'm not going to make this political or anything, but we all know those people who are kind of morally skewed and it's mainly because of the way they were raised and then they go off to college or they kind of form their own opinions and then they become a completely different person and then they're tolerable again. Draco Malfoy is kind of like that because... If you think about it, he's kind of only a jerk up until after it's officially realized that Voldemort is back in the Order of the Phoenix. Because the following year, we have the Half-Blood Prince where he is assigned to kill Dumbledore. And the entire book and the entire film, he's having this internal struggle about not wanting to have to kill someone. Not even just because it's Dumbledore, he just doesn't want to kill and yeah, he hates Harry, but he doesn't want to hurt people to get revenge on him. And he realizes that it's wrong. I mean, his father's an Azkaban, for Christ's sake. And 
he doesn't want to end up the same way. And that deleted scene that they cut from Deathly Hallows Part 2, where he's running back and throwing Harry his wand, that's a prime example of his redemption that we never got to see. And with that too, he should have identified Harry at Malfoy Manor immediately. But he kept saying, I can't be sure, I can't be sure. And in a way, he was trying to protect Harry despite hating him. I'm sure he knew it was Harry. I think it's been a while. I don't know why I can't remember the exact detail. But I'm about 99% sure that he knows that it's Harry. And it just should have... It should have been any other way that Draco got his redemption arc. And personally, I'm a Hermione shipper. I really do believe he should have ended up with Hermione. I love Hermione and Ron, but I think Draco and Hermione would have added so much depth and would have proven that there is a way that Slytherins can be good. And it would have proven that Draco has on some level changed from the ways that his father taught him. And I think that that would have been beautiful. But... Oh well, that's what fan fiction is for, I guess. And trust me, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things with fan fiction. I kind of want to go back. I haven't gone back in years, but rereading the books and watching the movies is kind of making me want to write one. So I don't know. I probably won't, but I guess we'll see because I'm really enjoying uh, the live fan fiction on my TikTok feed. It's great. And I guess. To further continue into my Harry Potter rant, I really, really, really wish that J.K. Rowling would write a whole series on just the Marauders. I think that that whole era as a story would be so interesting because we only get the few little snippets of what James and Lily were like as teenagers during school with Sirius and Mooney and I think that that would be so much fun like to maybe not go year by year because I'm sure their years at Hogwarts were not as hectic as Harry's but there is a short film it's a fan-made short film on YouTube and it's about the Marauders and I'm looking it up right now because I need to know what it is because I want to be able to uh, cite it for you guys. Um, but whatever it is, it plays off of Snape's worst memory scene and it's right after um, the Marauders graduate Hogwarts. And it's a really, really, really good short film. It just, it really shows their relationship and it, it shows kind of how squirrely Wormtail is. It's called Sever Snape and the Marauders. So it's a Harry Potter prequel. I don't, I hope that didn't sound funny. I said Harry Potter prequel. I think that's how it came out the first time, but you know, can't be sure. Uh, but it's really, really good. It's about 30 minutes long. And it's the closest thing we're going to get to a Marauder's Era story. So I kind of have adopted it as being canon. You obviously don't have to, but check it out. I might link it in the description if anyone wants to check that out. Because it's really, really good. But, yeah, that's... This is really something I love talking about. And in case you guys haven't noticed. Like, I love talking about Harry Potter so much. And I'm 
really, really thankful that my entire TikTok feed at this point revolves around Harry Potter because, sorry, you guys are going to get my news alerts in this podcast because I obviously can't mute the computer to record, but um, yeah, I still have the um, mail notifications on, so I, I don't know how to shut those off, so apologies for that, but also, while I'm talking about Harry Potter TikTok... I want to encourage you guys to follow the Daily Profcast podcast on Spotify. It's two friends who basically discuss Harry Potter all the time. They watch the movies together. They recap chapters of the books. It's really, really good. They're a fairly new podcast. They started at the end of July, so they're kind of like me. And um, they have a lot more followers because one of the hosts, I don't remember which one it is, is on TikTok as the Daily Profcast. And she does a lot of different cosplays of different kind of fanfic scenarios of the book. And that's kind of why I went off of this after talking about the Marauders because she does this series called If James and Lily Had Lived but none of the other events have changed. And she does it for the main events of the books, and then she does it for brief little scenarios of smaller events that happen within those books. And I saw one today, and it was the most hilarious thing. It was taking place during Harry's third year, during Prisoner of Azkaban, when he blows up his Aunt Marge. And so the scenario, to summarize it for you, was basically... Harry and his parents coming home from a family dinner at the Dursleys and they were scolding Harry for having blown up Aunt Marge only to discover Lily did it after Marge called her a bitch and I thought that was so funny because it just felt so in character even if we haven't seen these characters on screen or more in the books it just felt so in character based on how Sirius has described Lily and how like the little that we've seen of her has been a little more stern and it was so funny and I just I love it she brings so much personality to those TikToks and honestly I was having a really crappy morning this morning and it just it changed my entire mood for the day kind of talking about how um this morning I guess I didn't go into highs and lows since Sunday so, eh, I guess I haven't really had a lot of highs this week, guys. I've been really, really stressed, but I guess my high is that another one of my best friends who didn't come down for school this semester is coming to visit this weekend, and I didn't find out until a couple hours ago, so that's my high, and I'm super, super excited to see him. That's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't seen him since the end of February, and it just made my entire day better. My low is that I have consistent meetings and homework and everything just piling and piling on top of one another, and I don't feel like I have very much time to kind of get myself in order, and it's making me a little sad, and I feel like I've been very bad at time management, but I think it's just kind of the stress getting to me I think I'm gonna be just fine but in case anyone was curious those are my highs and lows for the week um this podcast has been a little strange don't you guys think I mean 
I know that the first time I recorded episode one, I wasn't half as personal with you guys about my disabilities and my um, disability, not disabilities, but my disability and my struggles during high school. And I just felt that it was fair that you guys kind of got the whole story of me and why Harry Potter makes me want to create so bad. And I truly, truly mean it when I say that it has opened up so many doors for me because of her, because of my being brought up reading and writing. I just, I don't feel whole and I don't feel human without being able to write. And that's the kind of the thing that sucks about writer's block, which I currently have, is that I just feel less and less human each day I go without writing or without reading a book for myself. And I think that I'm really trying to find time lately to kind of sit down and at least do something creative so that I don't feel like I'm going insane anymore. But I'm just so incredibly grateful for this series because that was my escape for so long and it taught me that my own creative outlets could be my escape. I could create magic within myself rather than seek it through a book. And again, you guys, I just want to be super clear that while I am incredibly thankful for these stories and for JK for writing the stories, I really am disappointed in her and the way that she's been carrying herself in the spotlight lately. Her transphobia is is just, it's, it's ridiculous. And just the constant ad-libs to make Hogwarts seem more inclusive racially like I know that there's a whole thing that she said about Hermione being black and it would be totally fine if she was but there are literally lines in the book that state otherwise calling Hermione pale as a ghost or something and it was just (sighs) I like it would be fine if she wasn't blatantly lying to our faces and just changing everything up and Yes, I do believe Dumbledore is gay, because she said that way before she started acting up. However, I think part of me even wonders if it was before she started acting up, and that was just the beginning, because she just wants to seem as inclusive and relevant as possible, when in reality, her story was inclusive enough as is, and she just didn't need to bring down the LGBTQ community like that. Because it's just not fair. Everyone feels safe at at Hogwarts and with her novels. And I think, I don't know about, because I'm not part of that community, so I can't speak on that. But I feel, if it's anything like how I felt about the books, I feel that those communities already felt safe within that world. They felt as if they had a place there. Because that's how I would have felt, I suppose. But I, again, cannot speak to that. So I don't think it was necessary to be transphobic or to tie that into Hogwarts and all that. It's so unnecessary. And I'm upset with her for the way she's handled all of this, but she really did create a wonderful story and that's something that I continue to be thankful for and will be thankful for forever. And... 
yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, re-release because I sure did. I definitely had a topic lined up for this week, but um, I thought it would be best to kind of re-record because everything has changed since that first episode. I'm a lot less nervous and my audio quality is obviously better and I just felt that you guys deserved a better intro to me and a better episode that revolved around Harry Potter itself because that is such a big part of my life. So I'm really glad that I sat down and did this rather than produced something completely new for you guys and obviously I will probably talk more about Harry Potter in the future. That's never an off-limits subject for me. So if you enjoyed this rant, I'm sure you will enjoy another one very, very soon. I really am hoping this week to bring on a guest again. I think I finally figured out what our regular posting schedule is going to be, and I think it's going to be mainly Wednesdays from now on. I want to... I know I didn't want to originally post on Wednesdays because there are a lot of other podcasts that I listen to that post on Wednesdays and I felt like that would be overwhelming in case any of you listened to those same podcasts but Wednesday just seems like a good podcast day all around like it's a good it you're not starting your week with it but you're also not ending your week it's kind of there to help you push through and I think we are going to stick with Wednesdays but I really do want to get something out this weekend because I did promise a couple of more episodes this weekend. And so I think I am going to talk to my old roommate Madison because I think you guys would really enjoy hearing her talk. She's even more chaotic than I am. Like you guys think I'm sporadic. I am a lot louder than I come across on this podcast and it usually comes out when I'm with her because... She's not just a former roommate to me, she truly is one of my best friends, and we have a very similar energy, so if you enjoy listening to me, you're probably going to enjoy listening to Madison, so hopefully she'll want to come on this weekend, and maybe you guys will hear from me a little sooner than Wednesday, but if not, we will plan on being back here and enjoying ourselves next Wednesday. Just a reminder to stay safe this week. Wear a mask if you're going out this weekend. Stay hydrated. Stay creative. And most importantly, stay caffeinated. Take your more Monday morning trip to Starbucks or any morning trip to Starbucks because that's what I will be doing as of tomorrow at 9.30 in the morning. So I wouldn't blame you if you went more than once this week. So remember to stay caffeinated to you guys. All right. That is that. I will see you guys very soon. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 
Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important.